Good morning. This is Ed Webbin. I am one of the lead pastors at Ignite Church, and we have an unusual situation here today. That is, this is not Sunday morning. This is actually Friday morning on the weekend of Hurricane Harvey. And so because there's a mandatory evacuation, I'm going to send out an email later today in a Facebook post to tell everybody we're not going to have services Sunday. But I thought maybe we could do something still as a church. And so I'm going to record the message that we would have presented on Sunday. I'm going to record it and it will be available on the website. And so my wife and I, we're planning on Sunday wherever we are. Not sure if we're leaving town yet or not. But wherever we are, she said she wants to hear the sermon, which always encourages a pastor. And so we're just going to have church and listen to the message together Sunday morning. And I so hope a bunch of you guys will do that as well. I do need to mention that obviously we keep having bills to pay and missionaries to support. And so even though we don't have service this Sunday, I sure hope you guys will consider giving. And maybe you've never given online. Give it a shot this weekend. Go ahead and give your offering online so we can keep paying bills and taking care of missionaries and all the great things we get to do. All right. This is message number three in our new series entitled Living and Loving, and it's all about relationships. And we've started off each week saying this, that life moves at the speed of relationship. If you're having a good life, it's probably because you have some good relationships. If you feel like your life is really not good and you're challenged and struggling, that could very well be because a lot of your relationships are bad. We know that relationships can be so life-giving. They could be so enriching, but they can also be life-draining. You could say relationships, in a sense, can make you or break you. But we believe this, that living life on the good side of things is a result of loving God and loving people. So in this series, Living and Loving, we're trying to get God's perspective on how relationships work. Now, sometimes... This is complicated, and that's the name of our message today. It's complicated. Like you, I've had plenty of relationships in my wife, in my wife, in my life. One is my wife, and uh, on any given day, relationships are at a different place. But the one thing that you could say about all of our relationships is that there are times it's complicated. If you're a single adult. You might keep asking, when am I going to settle down? That makes it complicated. If you're dating, she's thinking about when you're going to pop the question. You're thinking about who your first pick will be in fantasy football draft. It's complicated. Or maybe you aren't dating. You aren't single. You are just talking to somebody. And so you're having a talking and texting relationship. Maybe you'll do coffee. It's complicated. Then there are those who are married. And there are times that marriage is complicated. There are those who are divorced. That's complicated too. Statistics tell us half of the adults in America who marry divorce, and that might hit home to you today. But wherever you are in your life, you have had complicated relationships, and there's a good chance you've got one right now that you really wish God would help you with it. Well, great news. Jesus can uncomplicate our relationships. He can give us guidance and insight to help us in our relationships. Today I want to talk to you about this, that if we want to uncomplicate our relationships, here's some things we need to know. First off, God can't fix what you pretend isn't broken. 
God can't fix what you pretend isn't broken. You know, a lot of folks think that the church is for the healthy people, the happy people, the beautiful people, and all that. The truth is, it's just the opposite. Church is a hospital. And beyond that, further truth is that everybody is broken somehow, some way, because life and relationships are complicated. One of the big reasons to even have church is so we can get stuff fixed in our lives. But God can't fix what you pretend isn't broken. If you're going to get better in your relationships, you have to get honest about things that are broken and even consider asking others for help sometimes. So number two is this. No one achieves greatness on accident. Nobody wakes up and says, oops, how did that happen? I'm suddenly amazing. (laughs) No one becomes a great athlete, of course, by accident. That takes a lot of hard work. Well, great relationships don't happen by accident. Great relationships have to be intentional, and they have to be a priority, or they will not happen. They don't just happen. And even then, when there is a great relationship, it still has to be maintained, like a race car has to be tuned up a lot. Well, that's how relationships are. They need maintenance, but they never get great to begin with on accident. It takes work. And the third thing we need to know is this, that relationships get better when you work on what is broken in you. Broken in you. Jesus can help us uncomplicate things. It's mostly about how we can cooperate with him to fix us. It's not about us fixing the other person. So often when we have a relationship challenge, we'll say, yeah, well, if they just didn't do this or say this or said this or did not do this or whatever. Well, really, the way to improve our relationships is to let God improve us. Now, today's message applies to all relationships, husband, wife, brother, sister, father, mother, child, parent, all kind of relationships. That's what these principles apply to. But now I want to use the example of dating and marriage to take this a little deeper. But again, remember that this applies to all relationships. Now, one problem in relationships is that sometimes we have these lists that we think people have to live up to. We talked about expectations last Sunday. And by the way, that message is available online if you'd like to listen to that. And when we have expectations and have this list, it can complicate things if our expectations are too many and too demanding. For instance, in man and woman relationships, a lot of women think this, something like this. They want their man to work out three times a week, do push-ups, and be able to help a girl out. She needs to move. He can come over and load her stuff. Women want a guy who will make them laugh, but they don't have to be a professional comedian, but just give her something funny. Gals often want a man to be romantic and thoughtful, uh, whatever that means. (laughs) Most guys are still trying to figure it out. Uh, It's complicated. A woman wants a man who thinks she's pretty 24-7, and when she asks the question, how do I look? The wise husband says, great, every time, right? Well, a lot of women want a man who'll admit that she's right and maybe right a lot of the time. A lot of gals want a guy who'll talk about his feelings. So when she asks the question, how was work today? You don't just answer, oh, fine. She really wants to know, well, what happened at 8 o'clock? How did you feel about that? What happened at 8.15? How did you feel about that? What about with Bob? How did you feel about that? 
Lots of gals want a man who can appreciate a good sale, that can get excited when she goes and saves money by buying stuff on sale. And a lot of gals really want a husband who'll read his Bible, who'll value God in relationship with him. Percentages and statistics have actually shown that a very, very high percentage of women, regardless of whether they're churchgoers or Christians or not, a high percentage of women really do wish their husbands would read the Bible because we just sense in our culture the Bible's important. All right, that's the gals. Let's talk about what men want that can become expectations that are unreasonable and complicate a relationship. How about uh, guys want a woman who works out five times a week, keeps herself supermodel sexy no matter how many of his children she has given birth to while cleaning the house, washing the clothes, and holding down a full-time job for extra family income. That's reasonable, right? How about uh, a lot of men want a gal to think he's hilarious, laugh at his joke no matter how many thousand times he has to retell you the joke. How about this? Uh, A lot of men want a woman that believe he can do everything without instructions. Oh, you can do it, babe. You don't need to read those silly old instructions. Or a lot of men want a gal who'll say, oh, babe, we don't need to look at Google Maps. You you can find your way. We don't need to ask anybody for directions. Some guys want a gal who never asks him to talk about his feelings. A gal who understands sports and is happy when he watches sports for hours and hours. Guys want a woman who appreciates saving that when she sees that 40% sale, she walks away saving 100% because she didn't buy a thing. And a lot of guys want a gal who has a Bible but doesn't beat him over the head with it. Well, obviously, I'm being a little silly here. But I think you get the point that we have lists of expectations and sometimes they become a problem because they're not reasonable, haven't been negotiated. And again, last week's message goes into great detail about this. But expectations can cause complications if they're not being used correctly. So now let's look at something that Jesus said that can help us in our relationships and help us uncomplicate things. Jesus said this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 31. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Ask yourself what people want people... Pardon me. (laughs) Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Listen, guys, Jesus never told us how others should act towards us, but he always tells us how we should act toward others. Can you uh, imagine a relationship where the, the two people in the relationship were always trying to get ahead of the other person? Like uh, uh, maybe a marriage, and the husband says, oh, no, 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 you're not. You back up right now, girl. I'm doing those dishes today. I'm going to serve you first. Probably this is one of the least practiced principles in all of relationships. Our default is, what can you do for me? Do something for me. Meet my expectation. But this is just the other side of the coin, the opposite thought. Do for them before they can do anything for you. So as you're thinking about this, keep this in mind. Grabbing the initiative like we're talking about to get something out of somebody is manipulation. 
and it is poison to a relationship. But grabbing the initiative solely for the good of the other person is healthy and life-giving to a relationship. Most of us have probably experienced something like this where somebody was doing something for us and you could tell they, they were going to expect something in return. And you appreciated what they were doing, but you didn't appreciate that there was going to be a string attached to it, a cost to it that you were going to be expected to pay. On the other hand, you've probably had the good experience where somebody just went out of the way just to do something good for you before you even asked. That's, that's what we're talking about today. That's what is so healthy and life-giving to a relationship. Now, Jesus gave us a principle that I think we can apply <clears throat> to, uh, to this situation. He told a story about a man who is kind of like a, uh, you could say, a business owner, and he's got guys who work for him, and he's about to go on a trip. And so I'm going to read you just part of the story, then I'll just tell you the rest of it, okay? Jesus said this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And so the rest of the story is that the, uh, the man goes off, and when he comes back, he says, okay, guys, report in. How'd it go? And the guy with five bags gives him five more bags. He gets 10 back from this guy. <clears throat> the man who he gave two bags of silver gives him an extra two. He gets, he gets four back from him. But the guy who had just the one bag of silver, he said, man, I knew you were a tough boss, and I didn't want to risk losing your money, so I hid it under a rock. Here's your money back. And to that guy, the boss said, you know, you are just lazy and wicked. You know I'm a tough guy. You could have at least put it in the bank and got a little interest. And, of course, we think today it would have been very little, but you see his point. And then Jesus said this master business owner went on to say, take that one bag away and give it to the one who has ten because he'll do something with it. Well, the key phrase here is back up at the end of the paragraph that we read. The master gave these guys the silver, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. We have an accountability to God for our abilities to take this initiative and do for others as we would like them to do for us. And so, guys, when we stand before God, He is going to talk about how you lived, not what everybody else in your life lived like. You're going to stand and be accountable for what you did. And this principle speaks to this so strongly that if we really want to have good relationships, we'll be looking to grab the initiative and do something for the good of the other person. So let's now just boil this down and <clears throat> make it applicable and, and, and try to bring it home to something we can get a hold of today. To do this, I want to just ask you some questions for you to think about and then I believe God can use this just to help guide you and direct you in improving your relationships and uncomplicating them, okay? Here's the first question. Are you doing your part in the relationship? Are you 
giving as much as you're receiving? Are you taking any initiative? Are you doing your part? Or are you possibly falling into that trap that we sometimes do where we become a user and we're just using and it's a one-way relationship? Are you doing your part? Here's the second question. By what you're doing right now, what are you preparing to be in the relationship? Think of what you're putting into a relationship right now. So what's that preparing you to be? Remember, we said greatness doesn't happen by accident. We need to be looking to get our own brokenness fixed so our relationship can be healthier. Sometimes we need to talk to somebody who will really listen to us, somebody we can be totally honest with. And then we can become more and more that person God wants us to be, and that will enrich our relationships. And now the final question is related to that. Think about what you wish this person would do and beat them to the punch. Think about this person you have a friendship with, a marriage to, a business relationship, a work relationship, some, some kind of friendship, some kind of relationship. Think about what you could do to beat them to the punch, to take the initiative and do something good for them before they even ask you. Who do you want others to be for you? Well, however you want others to be towards you, however you want others to treat you, you be that person. You be a great father, mother, wife, husband, worker, friend, neighbor. You be that person and see what God does because he sees our heart. And when we say, God, as best I can with the best motivations I can, I want to serve somebody and I want to be the kind of guy who I don't expect anything in return, that I just grab the initiative and do good for them. Well, we've all made mistakes, but we don't have to live out of our past mistakes. We can move forward. We can't do anything about our past, but there is plenty we can do about our future. So as I get ready to wrap up here, just think about what it it would be like if you became that guy. What would it be like if we all became a person who put the other person first. We were working on our own brokenness. We weren't pointing out other people's problems. We were saying, God, help me, change me. How would that change your marriage, your home, your job, your neighborhood? If everybody was trying to put the other first and it was just a competition to see who could outserve the other one. Well, that's a beautiful thing when, when this happens in relationships. And uh, my prayer for you is that this week, Your relationships can grow and become less complicated as we follow these things we've talked about today. Let me pray. Lord, thanks for being the ultimate relationship expert. You created relationships, and then you give us the manual on how to do them right in your word, the Bible. And then by your Holy Spirit in our hearts, you guide us and speak to us and help us. Lord, we all need help in our relationships. We all want to be the kind of people we've talked about today who take the initiative and treat others the way we want them to treat us, but we take the initiative and we do it first. So God, help us this week. And Lord, right now, with this hurricane coming to the Texas coast, Lord, we pray for people all up and down the Texas coast. Lord, we pray not one single person would die 
We pray there would be minimal damage, that all the experts would be amazed that with all the wind and rain, there was not that much damage. Lord, we pray for churches all up and down the Texas Gulf Coast, that you protect them. There wouldn't be churches damaged that would hinder people coming together to worship you. Lord, protect us here in Matagorda County. Give us wisdom whether to go or stay. And we thank you that you are our God who loves us and cares for us and protects us. Lord, bless your people this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll be back in church on uh, September the 3rd, Labor Day weekend. Thanks a lot.